Accounting Insider. This is another thing that a lot of investors are unaware of. There's got to be an easier way. With Kim Metzkin. It's achievable for anyone. It doesn't cost anything to set up a business. Because there are many great ideas out there, but it's the people that make ideas happen. Because once you unlock this formula, you, there's no reason to stop. Yeah. You just get better and better at it. And you just make so much money out of it. Hi guys, thanks for tuning in. Today, I'm stepping right outside of my comfort zone. I'm going to talk to you about something that happened to me a few days ago, and it just totally blew me away. I was invited to sit in the operating room and observe a deep brain stimulation surgery. Now, deep brain stimulation surgery is a new technique which is designed to alleviate the effects of Parkinson's disease. Now, Parkinson's disease is a disease where patients experience tremors or muscle spasms in their arms or legs. So what um, has been the technique is more or less inserting electrodes into the center of the brain and feeding an electric current through those electrodes to manipulate muscle movement via electro electric signals through the brain. Now, this is quite revolutionary. It uses cutting-edge technology. It's uh, an operation which I knew nothing about. And I don't think a lot of people listening will have heard of the operation or been aware of it. Um, certainly, I know people who suffer from Parkinson's disease. It's something that... Um, I think gets worse as people get older. I certainly didn't understand a lot about it, but when I was in the operating room, I wanted to learn as much as I could, and I was fascinated by um, the knowledge of the neurologist and the neurosurgeon and their understanding of the brain and the images that flashed up on the TV screens that were scattered around the operating room and their ability to be able to penetrate into the brain and feed current to manipulate muscle movement. It was just totally amazing, but I was a little bit reluctant when I was first told about this operation. Um, now, it was the neurosurgeon who was a friend of mine's 200th uh, DBS operation, so it was a milestone event. Now, anyone who's performed 200 types of surgery becomes an expert in it, and uh, that's what I certainly saw when I was in the operating room. I was um, introduced to the patient uh, an hour before surgery. I, he was an elderly gentleman, and you could see as he was sitting in his wheelchair alongside of his hospital bed that he had in his left arm a sort of a tremor that was happening. Uh, his, his hand wouldn't stop moving, just um, pulsating sort of with the, the, the electro, electronic signals that were being fed to it from his brain. And once I was actually in the operating room, I could see the electric currents which the brain continues to um, uh, generate and um, rely on. And the currents were manipulated with electrical currents and they threw these electrodes. And it was, it was totally amazing to see as they dialed up the milliamps of current being fed through these electrodes, the response in the... Um, lack of tremor that went through the patient's body. Now, I'm no medical expert. I'm an accountant and I specialize in medical practitioners, but I certainly learn a lot. Um, I I was more or less beforehand, I, I, I 
my understanding of the brain and the left and the right side of the brain was limited to thinking that if someone was an artist or a sportsman, then the left side of their brain was stronger than the right side of the brain. Now, I walked out of the surgery knowing that that was a total wives' tale and wasn't true at all. What I did learn is that the left side of your brain controls the, the right side of the movement of your body and the right side of your brain controls the left-hand body movement. Now, what actually happened was um, the patient was conscious for this complete operation. Before the operation, he had a frame placed on his head. He had a CT done of his brain, which meant that the neurologist had 3D imaging of the brain and the nucleus of the brain. And that was actually going to serve as a roadmap for the neurosurgeon when he was drilling and inserting electrodes into the center of the brain. Now, the accuracy they were dealing with was one-tenth of a millimeter, which is a tiny, tiny um, allowance of error. Now, the frame was actually custom-made for this operation. It was set up on a bench near the operating table, and a trial run was done, and electrodes were inserted to make sure that when the frame was... Um, dialed in with its coordinates that this neurosurgeon when he couldn't actually see in the brain was hitting the target with his electrodes now um, after CT was done the patient was put back on his wheelchair he was wheeled into the operating room he was put on the table he was totally conscious you could hear everything was happening it wasn't too long before the neurosurgeon started up his drill and he actually once he'd pulled back the skin on the skull drilled what looked to me like about five centimeter diameter holes in the skull in two places. Um, once those holes were drilled, then tubes were inserted. It must have just been placed through the folds in the brain to reach the center of the brain. Once he was there, the neurologist um, started a conversation with the patient and the electrodes were inserted into the brain. They were dropped off when they were in the perfect position. What I didn't realize was um, the electrodes were moved around slightly to try to find the hot spot in the brain that had the best impact on the muscle movement of the patient. They dialed up the current which was fed through the electrodes, and this had a positive to negative impact depending on the amount of current that was fed through. So the current was consistently increased and we could see up on a screen what the electromagnetic signals were doing through the brain. We had a visual representation of them and we also had an audible representation. So this was done on both sides of the brain and when the optimal position and the optimal current was determined then the electrodes were left in there and the current was dialed in and then batteries were inserted and I think the, the skin was um, stitched back onto the skull. The patient was knocked out for that last part of the operation with a general anaesthetic, but predominantly for the bulk of it, he was conscious. That added a whole new paradigm to this operation because um, all of the people in the room had to be aware that the patient was listening to everything that they were saying and that he was aware of what was taking place. Now, reflecting on that, I was so happy. Um, I'm not good with blood. I'm not good in those situations. Um, I fainted at all three of my children's births. Um, whenever, I having, whenever I'm at my local GPs having my blood pressure taken, I always have to lie down and elevate my feet so I don't faint. So walking into that 
operating room was totally outside of my comfort zone, but I knew it was necessary for me to understand better the medical professions that I work with and to be able to understand the terminology, some of the equipment that they refer to, um, their environment, their relationship with the nursing staff and the other doctors who are present and assisting. I think that it's just to be able to step into another man's world is where you really understand and you can relate and be empathetic towards their situation. I couldn't understand before actually going into that environment the amount of pressure that they're under. Um, most professionals like myself have time to work through accounting formulas and accounting calculations and tax worksheets and if it's wrong then it's easy to go back and make changes without too much impact on the people around you whereas the medical practitioners don't really have that opportunity to go back and correct mistakes they have to get it right the first time and there's 10 to 15 people all waiting for directions and waiting for instructions on when to perform their job and whether they've performed their job correctly and then report back to the neurosurgeon. This teamwork was just like a chain reaction. It was a well-oiled machine. Everyone interacted interacted with each other really well. I had nothing but admiration for the neurosurgeon and the neurologist who were working on this particular patient. Um, they really blew me away with their knowledge, with their expertise, with their professionalism. Um, I was in a room that added another level of complexity. Um, it was just nothing short of phenomenal. The whole operation, I, and there's a cure for Parkinson's disease out there, which not a lot of people are aware of. These guys are at the cutting edge with their technology. I felt totally at home after a period of initial shock, and I was able to really benefit and enjoy my position in that operating room. And I really walked away thinking that, uh, you know, this is really the place for me. I really love working alongside of these guys. I could bring so much value to their financial part of their life. And now that I understand their actual job so much better as a result of being part of this phenomenal operation. The Accounting Insider. This is another thing that a lot of investors are unaware of. There's got to be an easier way. With Jim Metzkin. It's achievable for anyone. It doesn't cost anything to set up a business. Because there are many great ideas out there. But it's the people that make ideas happen. Because once you unlock this formula, you, there's no reason to stop. Yeah. You just get better and better at it. You just make so much money out of it.